Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Today, we're going to talk to a sheriff who gave this epic response to a reporter's question about gun control. There are individuals out there viewing, and to include some of you media, that want to blame the one thing that has no ability or the capacity to commit the crime itself, and that's the gun. These individuals committed the crime. Now, what's the solution? I wish I could give you that answer, because this world would be a whole lot better. But the fact is, society fails it. We do not hold our juveniles accountable. We minimize their actions. School districts across this state and across this nation need to quit minimizing the actions of their students. Hold them accountable. That's where the failure is. That was Marion County Sheriff Billy Woods. And it's so refreshing to hear someone, a leader like him, just speak the truth to give it straight to the media. He was holding a press conference about the murder of three teens in Marion County. And what's so disheartening and sad about it is they were also murdered by three teens, including a 12-year-old who's being charged for murder. So what is driving teens in America to commit murder? And what can we do about it? Marin County Sheriff Billy Woods joins me on The Truth with Lisa Booth, and he's next. Well, Sheriff, uh, it's so good to have you on the show. Obviously, like many people, I saw uh, your response to the to the media that you know pretty much went viral. It was nice to just have some honesty for once. We don't get that from our officials these days, so I, I appreciate it. Well, you're more than welcome. I, you know, it, it's disheartening as well. I think one of the most things that upsets me is when I do watch leaders in law enforcement get on camera. I, it's, most of the time, I know what they're thinking. I don't, you know, it, it, they don't want to offend people. They don't want to cross that line. Uh, I don't know why, but in order to be a true leader, you got to take the step forward and say something. Why do you think people are so afraid these days to just speak the truth? I, that's a tough question to even ask. I mean, to answer, to be frank, uh, I don't know. 
you know, I, I watch a lot of uh, chiefs um, get up and do a press conference and talk about a deputy or an officer that's been shot in the circumstances, but they don't get up there and just speak it. I, I don't know. Uh, it, but I do, what I do know for sure, it's damning. It hurts. It hurts us as a society to hear the truth, not to tell the truth, not to hear the truth, but not to tell the truth out there. That's literally, you know, the point of this podcast is to try to, you know, talk about things that people don't want to talk about, say things that people don't want to say and and really try to find the truth in this uh, day and age that we live in, which is an interesting time, an interesting period of American history. You know, I I wanted to ask you, inevitably after these things, you know, of course, we're going to talk about the shooting of the three teens uh, by three teens. But inevitably, there's always these calls to to blame guns. We need gun control. You know, it's pretty much, I mean, we just always know what's coming. Why do you think that's always the response. Why do you think that's always where, you know, the media goes, you know, some of the left go or, or politicians go? Uh, it, it's the it's the main focus. It's the it's the thing that gets everybody's attention. It's the uh, biggest drive for political to say, hey, let's get rid of those guns. And I think we don't talk about the real thing it is the real root of the causes. The causes of the problems is not the gun. You heard me say it, and you've probably heard me in all my other interviews say it. The gun doesn't have the capability of committing the crime as the person. And let's say if the gun was never created in society and we only carried around swords, they'd be going after the swords, getting rid of the swords. But what everybody has to remember, and this is what I find it's truly disturbing as American. And as time goes by, time is our greatest enemy, by the way, because the further we get away from 1776, we begin to forget the reason and the purposes of the Constitution and why those men gave everything they had. And there's reasons why they have each of those amendments, each of those bills in there to our Constitution, why they're specifically written, especially the Second Amendment. And that's a line that we should never cross. You know, we can we can come up with laws to regulate uh, how certain things done. I don't totally agree, you know, say that there shouldn't be any form of law out there to regulate in some shape, way or form. But the fact is, is we keep pushing that line back. And I haven't done this. I'd be curious to know if anybody's ever done this history. When we actually started, how far back did we start pushing on this Second Amendment and creating our gun laws? We keep pushing that line back and back to 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 a point that it's going to disappear. The gun's not the focus. I said it in that press The problem is this. Our family unit has been destroyed over the decades. It is diminishing as time goes by. Our school districts throughout this nation, not just here in, the, not just here in Marion, not just here in the state of Florida, but across this nation, our school districts are failing. What they do is they minimize the actions of their students, Okay. And along with our justice system, our justice is we have these diversion programs, and I'm not against diversion programs. Diversion programs are, are good when they're applied to the right people that they need to be applied to. But the problem is it's become the norm. It should be the exception, not the norm. And even in our juvenile justice, you know, um, and, and ours is stepping up to the plate in here in the state of Florida um, of, of, of changing the way they operate, changing the way they view uh, the juveniles and their violations. You know, we have to hold them accountable. That's the way I learned. I was held accountable, and I sure enough knew what the consequences were going to be if I took a certain action. But I, the kids today don't. 
I joked around on TV a couple months back talking about how I stole yo-yo in uh, kindergarten from church. And my parents made me take the yo-yo back, apologize to the pastor. Of course, he sat me down, told me why stealing was wrong. It had an impact on me because I was like, okay, stealing's bad. <laughs> you know, I got it registered. And, and so to your point, you know, when we live in this society without consequences, uh, of course, people are going to behave badly. And it seems like we're increasingly living in a society without consequences. Yep. Well, but, you know, you asked me uh, just before I just went on for a long period there on you is you asked me why they focused on the gun. It's the easiest thing to focus on. They don't want to admit to the problems of which they're doing and causing. They don't want to admit that there's a problem in the family unit. They don't want to admit to there's a problem in the judicial system unless their kid gets arrested and there's always a problem with the judicial system. But um, it's all of those factors. They just want to ignore it. They want to focus on the one thing that they see as the problem, and it's the easiest one to get other people's attention. You know, and I do think you had mentioned the Second Amendment and the fact that we keep getting closer to the line of, of losing it. And I think that's probably the point and, and the, the intention behind a lot of that is that's where they want us to be, where, you know, we can't own guns, where we lose the Second Amendment or, you know, you look at some things that are happening. You know, fortunately, we live in the great state of Florida, but, you, you know, you look at some of these liberal counties and Texas, for instance, and you've got the Sergeant Perry found guilty. Uh, and it basically all he did was self-defense. You know, there also seems to be an effort of making self-defense uh, illegal as well, leaving us essentially defenseless. You know, I guarantee if you talk to our founding fathers, that kind of would sound familiar to them. That's kind of probably what they dealt with when the reason the Second Amendment was put in, because you had a king that said you couldn't have a gun. And, and that's what we're about to revert back to. And that's what you know, the majority of U.S. citizens fear is by getting rid of that Second Amendment, what they're going to take away from you, uh, and, and which is truly alarming, truly. It's it's certainly scary. You know, we have definitely seen a, a massive loss of liberty, uh, particularly after COVID. It really expedited a lot of it, uh, sadly. Uh, it seems like not everyone has taken notice, but I, I hope they don't start to notice before it's too late. In the instance of the, the murders of these three teens in Marion County, uh, one of the teenagers who uh, is facing charges is 12 years old. You know, I think a lot of people are asking themselves, what drives a 12-year-old to commit murder? Well, like us when we kid, you want to fit in with the clique. You want to do what the big boys are doing when you're that long, young in a group. Think about it for a minute. Except it's been taken to a whole new level. Um, they, they, they want to be part of something. It, here's what's disturb, truly disturbing. Um, I might get yelled at by my staff, but that's all right. But what is truly disturbing is I watched the interview uh, of the 12-year-old, okay? there you He had no – how do I put this? He couldn't realize the decision in which he made and what effect that it had. It was – I want to say callous because it wasn't callous. He just – it was nothing there. Absolutely nothing from a 12-year-old. Now, people out like yourself and what you just mentioned, outside of this world is just astonished that a 12-year-old could do this. To be frank, it's really not surprising to us in law enforcement. You know how many juveniles we come in contact on a regular basis committing crimes? That's what's alarming. And because all their crimes that they keep committing is eventually lead them to what his actions was. He's in a group with six people that are going out there to commit armed robberies. Okay, they didn't have the guns for self-defense. 
They had the guns because they were going to commit armed robberies, armed burglaries, whatever else that they got criminal activity they were going to do. It was inevitable for them to go to this level. And the problem with that 12-year-old, whether it be a home, school, or the judicial system, that kid was never held accountable for his actions. Let's take a quick commercial break. More with Sheriff Billy Woods. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You had mentioned that this may be, you know, sort of um, surprising to, to people of, uh, you know, of those of us who are outside of law enforcement. You know, you've been in law enforcement for a long time. You've been serving your, your community, serving the state of Florida. Are we seeing more of sort of like this increased youth violence than when you first started working in law enforcement? Or, or what kind of trends are, are you seeing as someone who has uh, served your community for a long time? Oh, it is definitely increased. Since that 33 years ago, since the first day. Now, don't get me wrong. We had juveniles back then that committed crime. But what you mostly saw was them stealing from the Jiffy store, stealing candy, bubble gum, and something like that. Not to this level. And over the last three decades of my career, it has just alarmingly increased. But also, and the reason I said it when I said it on camera, I've already said it and I'll repeat it again. I've also seen the family unit destroyed. I've seen it, the, the diversion programs come in, not only through the schools, 
uh, holding them accountable, but also in the judicial system, in the courts. And that's why no one's ever noticed is because it gradually occurred. And that applies when I talk about juveniles and, and the decisions we, we make and the consequences as a result of our decisions. Guess what? Decisions of our family unit, the decision in the courts, the decision of the diversion programs is beginning to catch up to us now. And what do those diversion plans or programs look like for, for people who are sort of unfamiliar with that? Well, I'll give you an example. We have, and which is an effective, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to think that I hate these type of just totally disregard these programs. We have what's called a willow, work in lieu of uh, arrest for our juveniles. And they get, and there's only certain things that, crimes that they'll commit, whether it be possession of uh, marijuana, a fight, um, the minor misdemeanor crimes that we can divert them through this program. They agree, along with their parents, that they go and do workout like uh, picking up trash on the side of the road or go to a park where they got to clean up or do certain work there and they work with the county. Those are the diversion programs I talk about. But the problem is not the divert necessarily the diversion problem in and of itself. It's as you put everybody into that and you keep giving them you know, our diversion programs. We give them like one or two chances. If this is your second time, you're not in this program anymore. You get to go to the to the next level. You know, are we becoming desensitized to the loss of life as a society? Well, that depends on who you are. I think the kids are. Yeah. You know how you know why? You know, as much as I love video games, but think about the video games that they put out in the last uh three decades and they become desensitized to that degree of knowing, you know, when I was growing up, the gun was put in my hand the first time I was shown by my parents and by my grandfather that if you shoot, this is what happens. Okay. I don't think that occurs. They desensitize them through the games in which they play. They make it, it's a game. So it's a game to them. If they kill somebody on the computer, well, why can't I do that out here in the world? I've, I just started, uh, I, you know, I got my first gun not too long ago and, you know, I went through courses. I, I took it very seriously because to your point, it, it can do a lot of damage. And so it's something that, you know, should be taken seriously. And so these kids, they were able to get the gun. It was through robbery. Is that correct? Robberies, thefts. They got, they actually got them through theft, um, a burglary, basically stealing it from a vehicle. There's also the one being sold through uh, Snapchat. I'm not Snapchat. Um, TikTok? Tick, no, maybe it was that Snapchat off my head, and please forgive me. I'm for, um, anyways, it was sold between there. Now, just because the the transaction with a juvenile doesn't mean the person on the other end didn't steal it for somebody, because here's the other thing. People with guns, they don't always record their serial numbers somewhere, right? So it may get stolen, and we don't even know it. Or they made a report, we just don't have a serial number. So the gun in which a person may have obtained could be a stolen gun without them even knowing it. I think one of the challenges uh, we face as people who believe in, in the Second Amendment is a, a lot of people in the media and you know a lot of politicians are just uninformed uh, about things. You know, like they don't they don't know what an AR-15 really stands for. You know, they don't know that it was actually developed for civilian use. You know, so it, it's like the challenge in a lot of this is that the people who are calling for gun control the most are actually the least informed about guns. Oh, absolutely. They're totally ignorant to the guns themselves. I, I could, I could show you a, um, an expert. It can take a revolver. Okay. 
and fire it. And if I took out the video, right, the, he can fire a revolver that when you hear it, you will think it's a fully automatic weapon. So people like people in this world are crying. Hey, it's a fully automatic. They ain't got a clue. They're ignorant to everything that's occurring here. Listen, that person that um, entered the schools to do these shootings could use a black powder gun just as much as an AR AR-15 and get the same result. What are your thoughts on social media and its role in some of the violence we're seeing or, you know, mental health issues uh, among young people? I, you know, I worry that it has sort of created a social contagion of sorts. I, I totally agree. I think social media is is probably the big, it's a, one of our biggest problems in law enforcement because uh, like the last year, last two years, uh, what prompted our great governor to push the riot bill in which he did um, was People will claim that there's like downtown city of Ocala here is my county seat and we'll get uh, uh, social media. People will start posting, hey, I'm coming with a gun. And then the people start posting, it'll be gun. So you divert all your resources that you have to to address this threat that's supposedly out there. And then when we get down deep into the dive, it, it, we find out that it's it's a false allegation. And social media for people to be able to just talk between each other without even, especially kids, that's part of the problem. Parents give them phones out here to just carte blanche, use it however they want. So they can connect with people that they shouldn't be connecting with. And this comes back to the parents not paying attention to their kids. But the social media is a huge problem in our society right now. Yes, it's an easy communication. I won't deny it. The fastest way I can correct a rumor and the fastest way I can get information out is my social media. That's the good side of it. We've seen over the years sort of a hostility towards our police officers. You know, what impact have you seen that have on, you know, your colleagues? You know, it's a lot more reluctant for people to come into the profession. You know, 30 years ago when I started, application, you put your application on, you were on a list, even with a small department of a list of two to 300 people wanting to be into law enforcement. I struggle now after all the background checks is I struggle even having a list of of 10 to 15 people. And and that's going high on my scale right now. Um, And and people don't want to enter the law enforcement career because of what's in it. And here's what's alarming. I'll tell you, and I'm pretty sure any sheriff or chief that gets on every day on my desk, every single day on my desk, I get a uh, teletype message from some agency or some office in the United States where an officer has died in the line of duty. Now, that ranges from a car accident all the way to being shot in the back of the head while they're writing a report sitting in their vehicle. And that is truly alarming when society has gone to the degree that we've got people out here who will just walk up to law enforcement and just basically execute them. And it's unacceptable. It it absolutely is. And and it's unacceptable even in the rhetoric that uh, I think some of society uses towards a police officer because you guys put on a badge to go out and keep our communities safe and, and keep, keep us safe. So you deserve our respect. You know, sir, is there anything you'd like to leave us with uh, before we go? Any messages you'd like to leave parents with or, or anyone listening? I would tell parents quit being trying to be their best friend and be a parent because you're only you're not only doing your child a disservice, but you're doing a society as a disservice. 
be a parent. I think that's a good message to send, sir. Well, we appreciate your voice. I really do appreciate you speaking out and just being honest. I, I really think that we need more leaders like you uh, who just tell it how it is and, and speak the truth. So, Sheriff Woods, I appreciate what you do. Thank you for serving the state of Florida, and thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That was Marion County Sheriff Bildy Woods from the great state of Florida. I appreciate him joining the show and, and appreciate just the honesty, right? I mean, imagine if everyone just told the truth and was honest. Uh, we probably wouldn't be in as crazy of a society as we are today. I want to thank you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday. But of course, you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for working so hard to put the show together. Please leave us a review. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Until next time. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.